Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I also want to tell you guys that we recently just launched a new podcast titled The Shermichael Singleton Show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to and download your podcast. You can go to, again, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, give us five stars. And basically what we do is we take episodes of the show that airs every single week. And let's say you're busy, you're working, you're traveling, and you miss a show. Well, you go to Apple Podcasts, you go to Stitcher, you download it, and you listen to episodes that you missed. Or maybe there was an episode you really, really liked and there was a guest you really, really liked or some information you wanted. You can go back to the podcast, save it, download it, share it with your family and friends. And again, please leave us five stars. Again, that new podcast is The Shermichael Singleton Show. I would really, really appreciate it. So I want to shift gears a little bit here today, and I want to talk about something that really hits home for a lot of us, Uh, something that I didn't experience directly, uh, but indirectly I experienced it with a lot of family members being originally from New Orleans who were impacted by Hurricane Katrina a couple years ago, something we don't often ponder about until it's too late, and that is disaster preparedness. Now, many of you guys have seen a lot of the disasters that have taken place in the Midwest recently from tornadoes, a lot of rain damage. I mean, people's homes have completely torn away, destroyed. Many people lost their lives. And and this seems to be a big issue every single year. And yet millions of us, millions of Americans aren't prepared. And many of us who live in cities are even worse prepared. So we live in a world where unpredictability has in many ways become the new norm, be it natural disasters or man-made chaos earthquakes, hurricanes, cyber attacks, the threats are real and as diverse as the society that we live in. Now, I'm sure most of you guys are probably thinking to yourself, all right, Shermichael, I hear you, bro, but I have my emergency kit. I got my evacuation plan. I follow the news. I follow the radio. I'm going to be good. And that's great. But let me ask you this question. Are you really prepared? Are you ready to live without electricity? without running water, without the internet for a couple of days, maybe two or three weeks. And in the case of of Katrina, I mean, I had family members who were out of water, electricity, and internet for two months. For two months. And it was a nightmare. Many of them weren't prepared. And many of you may not be prepared. And, And this isn't about scaring you or scaring anyone. It's about waking you guys up to the harsh reality of the world that, hey, natural disasters do occur and we need to be prepared for those disasters. Now, you may be prepared for a water outage or a water pipe burst, uh, but what about, let's say, cyber warfare? That's a big thing. We just recently saw where the Pentagon uh, was attacked by, we believe, to be the Russians. Now, they're only attacking the Pentagon now, but what happens if they were to attack the banks and the banks were to fail and none of us could access our money? The scope of that type of a disaster goes far beyond making sure you have enough water bottles at your home. And when I was the deputy chief of staff at HUD, one of the first things that I had learned early on about the housing and urban development was just how prepared HUD actually was for potential major 
housing shortages. Like, let's say there was a major disaster and we didn't have enough shelters to, to put people in. And I had a specialized ID if there was ever like a catastrophic disaster in the United States, whether natural or maybe even a conflict, meaning military, I had a special ID that would allow me to quickly bypass all law enforcement lines to get back to the agency uh, to help the secretary and, and others run the agency, come up with a plan uh, to make sure that Americans had housing. And this was something that I never knew that the government spent a lot of time on. But my brief time in government really taught me that, wow, our government really thinks a lot about some of these issues, especially at the federal level, maybe not so much at the state level. So what I learned was that the key to surviving was to be prepared, not just physically, but mentally and socially. You got to know your neighbors. You have to know your community. You have to have shared plans and a strategy. And you need to think critically, adopt quickly, because a resilient individual, quite honestly, can weather any storm. So before I bring on my guests, I'm going to pose this question to you guys. Again, are you prepared? Can you survive the two weeks that FEMA FEMA actually says that you should have enough food and water to last for two weeks. If the power went out today in your home because of a natural disaster, you lost the Internet. Do you have enough food for two weeks? Because I can tell you that most grocery stores are going to run out of food and water in a matter of days. Remember, preparedness is not just about a state of mind. It's not just about supplies. It's about making sure that you have an overall plan. And most of us who live in cities are not prepared at all. And if some of us are a little prepared, I don't think we are as prepared as we think we are. So coming on to help me sort of break this all down is Eric Blanford. He operates the popular YouTube channel, Iraq Veteran 8888. He is obviously a U.S. military veteran. His YouTube channel has amassed over 2.8 million followers and growing. And this is incredible. He's received over 750 million lifetime views. Almost a billion people have watched his content. He is the Georgia State Director for a firearms organization by the name of Gun Owners of America. He's a, his content focuses on education, safety, uh, preparedness with an emphasis on firearms. He's an avid hunter. So this is someone who knows a little bit, I would say, about living outdoors. You can also follow him on Twitter Instagram and YouTube by the same name, Iraq Veteran 8888. Eric, thanks so much, man, for coming on the show. Sherm, dude, what an intro. No, thank you, man. So, Fantastic. You know, look, I, I want to jump into this. I was doing some research on this topic because I think this is a fascinating topic and you're in town and I, I, I knew that I wanted to get you on the show to talk about this. Between 2013, January 2013 and January 2023, 88% of all U.S. counties declared a natural disaster, including 95% of the 200 most populated counties in America. And some of those counties, let me just go over some of them. Los Angeles County, Cook County in Illinois, San Diego County, Miami-Dade County in Florida, Dallas County in Texas, Fairfax County in Virginia, the Bronx in New York, Prince George in Maryland, Fulton County in Georgia, Baltimore County in Maryland. I mean, these are, are counties with hundreds of thousands, or in some of these instances, over a million people. Two, and those are just a few of the 200 between that span of 2013 to January of 2023 that have said we've had some type of a major natural disaster. And one of the common themes, and again, I remember this from Hurricane Katrina with so many people that I knew and loved and cared about in New Orleans, including many who lost their lives. We just are not prepared, Eric. Before we really dive into this, why do you think so many people just aren't prepared for a disaster? 
Well, I think that there's a lot of reasons. I mean, when we when we look at society in general, you know, freedom and, and, and liberty and just the idea of how fragile our society can be, you know, peace is a delicate thing and it can be gone in an instant and the society that we live in is very manicured and well ran and you know the logistics of keeping all these people fed and having shelter and power and food and water and all of the 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 logistics of running a society like what we have here you know a first first world type of society that Mm -hmm. has all the modern conveniences you know, that can go to pot really quick, and all it takes is some basic infrastructure, uh, you know, clashes that can cause issue. If a storm comes through and, you know, knocks out the power, well, mm-hmm. then now things are kind of hinky for a while. Now, I will say that, you know, we've we've gotten quite efficient at getting things going again. Yeah, you know, so. we have. We have. Um, I think that when you look at people and their, you know, let's just say sort of lack of empathy towards the situation, you know, maybe they just don't feel like it's ever going to affect them. Well, experience is our greatest teacher sherm right so if someone maybe has never lived through a terrible situation mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. maybe they go well it could never happen to me i mean we, we get jaded in life mm-hmm. we, we get you know wrapped up in the minutia of the day-to-day and i think some people just tend to get so you know they keep their head down and keep their nose to the grinding stone and get into day-to-day survival that you know maybe so they're just they, not thinking about they don't it. always think about Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Are you prepared for a natural disaster? Is this something that has crossed your mind? Um, have you have you lived through a natural disaster? Share your experience with me. I actually want to know, like, what 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 have you gone through? What experience would you share with other people uh, who who may have gone through similar things? I, I see some of our callers are coming in. Um, let's go to our first caller, Ashkan. Uh, thanks for calling in. You're on the Shermichael Singleton Show with Shermichael and Eric. Thanks for calling. Uh, this is Randy calling you from Los Angeles. Can you hey, hear Randy. me? Yeah, we can hear you. Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a touchy subject, and I think about it, it, it brings nightmares. Uh, I'm not really former military, but I am. I was with Air America doing during the Vietnam conflict, so your man there knows what was going on with Air America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, heavily into the Boy Scouts, heavily was into the LAPD, uh, outdoorsmen. L.A. is going to, if we have anything like a, 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 a servo attack on our power grid, 
Uh, I went through the 65 riots. That was a disaster. I saw for the first time uh, most of our parents, my father and quite a few guys were all military, Second World War, and we had to secure our neighborhoods. And I'm looking at, 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 at these guys. At that time, there was black and white families in the Watts area, and we uh, wouldn't allow the white families to go out into the streets. It took about a day for the National Guard to get in. Right now, you, you, you're you actually unsafe here. You can't arm yourself. It takes an act of Congress to buy a box of 22 ammunition. Mm-hmm. Nobody's teaching our kids survival. There's no Boy Scout troops in here. You can laugh at the scouts all you want to, but I learned so much from them. Saved me a lot of times in certain places of the United States and the world. Uh, so we're allowing this to happen to us, especially in our, in our neighborhoods of color. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be crazy, man. Hey, let me let me a- let me ask crazy. you let me ask you this question before we let you go. In, in your experience, um, you're out in Lo- L.A. County. That's one of the places that I mentioned. Uh, you guys have experienced several major disasters, especially fires and, and uh, earthquakes. And earthquakes, we're expecting those actually get a lot worse over the next couple of years. And in, in L.A., do you find that people in your immediate circles or your friends or just maybe people that you encounter, do you think people? are prepared for the natural disaster? And, and if they aren't, do you think it's because of money or they, they just aren't thinking about it, a combination of things? What exactly are you seeing where you are? Total lackadaisical of reality. Mm. They're not prepared. Mm. I mean, and I, I have people in my family, and they and they give me a, a ridicule on my thanking and my training of my, of my uh, immediate. I've got five grandsons, and everybody has to know how to do certain things from breaking down an M4 to hot wiring a general general electric, I mean, a general motors car. Mm-hmm. Things that we need to know to survive. Yeah. Even flying small planes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I could jump the fence at, at Compton Airport and steal a Cessna and get out of here if I had to. But I'm the only one <laughs> out of maybe 15 or 20,000. Yeah. And it's not going to be pretty. And the police department. Ninety-five percent of our police officers live fifty miles from L.A. Do you think they're gonna come to work? No, not well, in, not in the middle really? of a, a major natural disaster. They have their own families to no. think about. Hey, man, I, I want to say thanks so much for for calling into the show and and make sure you also check us out on podcasts wherever you download your podcast. It's Sure Michael Singleton Show. Uh, we would appreciate five stars. Again, thanks for listening. I mean, Eric, he he raised a, a lot of good points. And, and this goes to if, you know, he mentioned that the, the most law enforcement officers in L.A. County live 50 miles away. If you're living in an urban city, it's dense. It's highly populated with limited natural resources. So for some of our people who are listening to the show, they may be thinking, wow, I haven't thought about this, but I don't live in the country. I don't have a lot of land. I'm in a city. I'm, I'm in an apartment complex. There's a lot of people around me. There aren't a lot of natural resources. What could I do? To, to just have a little reserve if, let's say, we have a bad storm and the power is out for about a week. Do I have enough food for myself or for my two kids? What would you tell people in that scenario? So when it comes to preparation and having enough food on hand, most families in America, I mean, especially right now with how hard things are, you know, Money's tight, right? Folks are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, that's right. They're struggling to pay their bills. Sometimes they're struggling to put meat on the table, right? So 
you know, it can be hard to, you know, decide, hey, how in the world am I going to get some additional food to stow away uh, with times being so hard? But there are ways. I mean, you can make some minor lifestyle changes and start putting back some food. I mean, just start putting back some rice and beans and some canned food like corned beef hash is good because it's got lots of carbohydrates, good protein content. Canned salmon is great. So there are, you know, it, it, it's probably not a good idea to eat like a ton of canned food for like a long term period. Mm-hmm. But in the short term, you know, for in a, that couple two of, week a couple period. of days or two weeks, as right. FEMA recommends, you're saying getting some canned goods. It is a, is a, a good safety yeah. measure, if you will. When you're going to the grocery store and you walk by and you see beans on sale, buy mm-hmm. one, get one free, just start by picking up a few bags sure, every time sure. you go to the store. It ain't got to be a lot. Pick up a little rice and beans. Pick up a few canned goods. Like, just pick up a little extra. And so, and so what would you say, Eric, for, you know, maybe it's, it's the family... Uh, that maybe they have extra kids. You know, like you said, money is really tight for a lot of people right now. And they're thinking, man, I'd love to do this, but I just don't quite have it in my monthly budget. Uh, and I want to be cognizant of that because those people do exist. And, and it is important, I think, to offer plans where, where it's accessible to everybody, or at least the greatest percent of people. What advice would you give to those people who are listening to the show who are saying, I want to do this, but I don't make a lot of money or I don't have a lot saved or in reserves, but I want to put together a plan what would you tell them to do? Well, you know, budgeting is always going to be a factor. And, sure, you know, sure. we, we always spend our money based on what our priorities are, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, getting back to what we discussed earlier, well, why, why aren't people, you know, making this a priority? I guess that right there is your crux yeah. in, in, in the whole scheme of things, right? So if people, you know, don't see the priority of being prepared, well, then they're not going to budget their money in a way that allows them to kind of, you know, get more towards that mindset. So people have to begin by saying, hey, this is a priority to me. I want to be ready. Even if all I have is a few weeks of food, that's better than a few days worth. Yeah. Now, we're not talking about all the fancy food that like you might eat on a regular no, just basis. Just something for nourishment. Just you know, some rice and beans and some canned food, mm-hmm. you know, some bottled water. You know, Buy a case of water every time you go to the grocery store. I mean, sometimes I've seen cases of water on sale for a really reasonable price. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's on sale. Pick up a case. Right, and just put it to the yeah. side. Well, guys, this is the Sure Michael Singleton Show. My guest today, Eric Blanford, the popular YouTube channel host, Eric, Iraq veteran, 8888, almost 3 million views, almost a billion lifetime views. A lot of people watch this guy's stuff. He is an expert on, on safety, preparedness, and firearms education, and I'm glad that he's on the show. I have, again, a question for you before we go. Have you been through a disaster? I want to hear from you. I want you to share that experience with other people who, who may not be thinking this could happen to them. What would you say? And if you've never been through a disaster, are you thinking about some things you should start doing to just be on the safe side so that you can weather the storm for two weeks as recommended by FEMA? I'm sure Michael Singleton will be right back after this quick break. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. 
Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. My guest today is Eric Blanford. Uh, he operates a popular YouTube channel, Iraq Veteran 8888, which has amassed nearly 2.8 million subscribers with over 750 million lifetime views. That means almost a billion views. That's really, really phenomenal. We're talking about uh, preparation, natural disasters, maybe man-made disasters. Are you prepared? Uh, and, and the reason I'm talking about this particular topic and not politics is because Eric is a veteran. He's uh, fought in the uh, Iraq War. Uh, he is an expert on firearms, education and safety and preparedness. Uh, he's an avid hunter. So if there is a better person to talk about living outdoors and surviving uh, from combat experience, but also daily uh, lived experience, uh, there isn't a better expert than him. So, Eric, I'm glad you're on the show, man. I'm, I'm really enjoying our conversation, Sherman. And welcome back, everybody. Yeah, this is this is. Um, a really, really good conversation, Eric. And, and again, you know, when you think about this, you, you think about putting together that strategy, planning over time, um, family size. Um, there are other considerations. Give an idea of some of the things you would recommend to people as they start to sort of plan for a natural disaster. And again, I always think about some of my family members during Hurricane Katrina, and I think about my grandfather in particular. My granddad who is so incredible to me. He had a boat. I mean, he had a boat. He had medication. He had tons of water, tons of food. I mean, that's just how he is naturally. He had everything you could think of. And I remember him using his boat, going to get other family members because he has a pretty large house and bringing them to the house because he had enough food for months that really kept everybody pretty comfortable and some family members clearly left and went to texas some went to atlanta and some other places uh, but those who stayed they stayed for probably six seven months all in the same house and my grandfather had enough food for everybody but i just was thinking to myself when he was telling me this just how bad things were during katrina there were zero grocery stores you could not find food you could not get medication you just couldn't find anything it was terrible man but yet he had every he thought about everything just in case something were to happen living in new orleans where hurricanes is a normal thing and i said i said grandpa i said what in the world why, why did you think about this and he said well grandson you know you grew up in a place like this where we're sort of used to this he said i just always thought what if we get a big one Am I going to be prepared for it? And so he said, you know, maybe 20 something years ago, he started slowly just building up a stockpile of things and over time. And, and now he has a ton of stuff. So what plan and what considerations do people need to think about as they plan for a natural disaster? It's always smart to think about your preparation in the form of uh, like a strategic reserve. I mean, look at our government, as you discussed earlier, you know, they, they always have a plan for a plan, a plan B, a plan C. So it's important to, to consider every way that something could go wrong and what and how it could go right. But in terms of those preparations, obviously your food, your water, your medication, you know, batteries, radios, flashlights, I mean, all of the, the, the kind of normal things that you would expect. Mm -hmm. But also an important tool in that bag, I believe, obviously, you know, firearms, which we'll, we'll probably discuss guns a little bit, but um, it's important to also lower your expectations. I think people get so used to just looking at the world through 
you know, that lens that, mm-hmm. you know, everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but the truth is, you know, you have to kind of be prepared to dig in and, 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 and kind of suffer a little bit and be willing to suffer. And with your preps, you know, if you are going to store a whole bunch of, uh, let's just say freeze dried food, mm-hmm. or you're going to have beans and rice, or in my case, I have a lot of pressure canned deer meat and things like that. Uh, don't just stock that stuff and have it on a shelf. Take a day each week where you actually consume those things. Mm-hmm. You use them, mm-hmm. like so that not only are you going through your stash and sort of you know cycling it out, but you're also kind of conditioning yourself to go, hey, this is what it's like to eat this food. So you're not so shocked if you do have to live off of it for a few weeks. Now that 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 makes that makes a that makes a lot of a lot of sense when we're talking about disaster preparedness. Uh, my good friend and expert, Eric Blanford, a military combat veteran. Uh, he's an expert on firearms and safety and preparedness. This guy's an avid hunter. He's lived outdoors. He's also, again, been in combat, so knows what it takes to really survive in the worst of, of scenarios. But we have a caller, Eric, who has a question for you. So let's go to the phone lines. Thanks for calling. You're on the Sure Michael Singleton Show. Let's see. Uh, hello. Hey, we, we got you. Thanks for calling in. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Sir Michael, and and thank you for having this guest on. I yes, think ma'am. You're welcome. Important. This is such an important uh, issue. Uh, but uh, here's my and thank you for coming, sir. I'm sorry, I I, I dropped your name. Eric. Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eric. I had a question about communications in case of such an event. Like, how do you, everybody's used to relying on our cell phones, but what what happens when there's no cell service? Okay, that's a great question. You know, there are a lot of options such as ham radios and things like that. You do have to have a ham radio operating license, but there are a lot of hams out there in terms of, you know, having ham radios, which can definitely provide you with a lot of long-range service to be able to keep in touch with each other, you know, especially other ham radio operators. Um you know, okay. I like having access to Starlink, and I know people are going to give me a little crap here, but, you know, I have a couple of inverter generators, and it's funny, I was just talking to Sir Michael earlier about how, you know, the Starlink is so, and this is not, I'm not exactly giving a super big plug for Starlink or anything, but I did recently acquire a Starlink satellite, and you can run that off of an inverter generator, and it is so nice to be able to you know keep in touch of what's going on and um that does alleviate the need for like you know if the power was down or the grid was down i i don't even necessarily think that the cell phone towers would would be down but they they might have backup generators or something like that or they may not even require them i'm not i'm not gonna say yay or nay on that but that starlink is an awesome option because it the same power you know handles the uh the router and, and all you know all of the routing of the, and, of the and what, internet what is what is the starlink though eric for people who don't know what that is right so starlink has their you know their satellite essentially and so, so it connects to the satellite it is it's a self-contained unit which is really cool you literally just plug it into one single outlet and you're good to go now that would require you to have a generator but the interesting thing about it is especially the mobile starlink like the rv unit you can run in from anywhere so anywhere you are if, if you needed to just kind of touch bases of what's going on in the world or check in on social media and just see like hey what's going on is help on the way or to check with your local authorities or whatever you needed to do you could just go to the top of a you know parking garage or something or really just deploy it anywhere and mm-hmm. you've got instant internet it's just kind of a nice thing to have and uh, for communication if you weren't going to go down the route of uh, of trying to go the full ham radio route 
Then that um, might be you a could more, always just have a, a wind-up radio, that a traditional radio, that you could you know at least tune in and listen to radio updates over over the radio. Now, what is be B, B? You're still mm-hmm. with us, aren't you? Yes. Okay, so uh, B, I don't know if you had an additional question for Eric, but I wanted to give you that opportunity. Well, uh, and 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 that's some useful information. Except for I'd have to get everybody in the plan on board with with learning how to use a ham radio or this uh, Starlink. Um, so I was thinking more in terms of if, 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 do you have like a pre-plan in your plan, of like a meetup spot if something happens or how to check in or I'm trying to formulate that kind of plan. That is a fantastic idea. I would strongly recommend there to be some type of an Alamo contingency. So, yes, if, uh, if for instance, let's say that you have some tight-knit neighbors that you're in really good with. Y'all all take care of each other. You know, y'all are always checking on each other's dogs or you're, you know, y'all are good neighbors, basically. And mm-hmm. y'all are on good terms and you want to have a plan. It is never a wrong, you know, a bad idea to have an Alamo plan where, hey, if something bad happens, okay. let's agree that we meet here and we'll pull our resources and we'll figure out what we can do to help each other and to help the community. That's totally a fantastic idea. And that is very forward thinking okay. of you to have that type of an idea yes totally find a, pl- a safe okay. place to meet and that's uh that's totally a great idea okay well thank you very much and thanks for the show b thank you, thank you so much b i appreciate you for listening and, and calling in we're really really great great questions about communications i mean that's one of the the first things uh when a disaster happens again how do you communicate and i remember uh and again i just go back to katrina just because so many of my uh, family members were impacted by that. And, and I remember one of the difficult things, we couldn't contact some people. We had no way of knowing who was alive and who wasn't um, because communications across the city, for the most part, was down. And thank God, my grandfather, being who he is, I had all kind of <laughs> things, you know, so we were able to communicate with him to sort of check in on how this person is doing and how that family member was doing. Uh, but again, that was a wake up call for me being I was much younger then than I am now at 32. But it was like, wow, I, you know, as I get older, I got my grandpa's kind of right about this. Like You just never know what could go wrong. And, and I saw uh, how that impacted so many of my family members. I saw, you know, older family members in other parts of the country worried about their kids who still lived in New Orleans. Are my grandkids OK? Is everybody still safe and not knowing for weeks, Eric, because you just couldn't communicate with anyone. So, B, thank you uh, for that incredible uh, question. Guys, so we have something uh, called the VX system. And the VX system allows me to see your callers. I'm having some issues with it in studio. So I'm going to go to my producer, Ashkan. He's going to tell me who's calling. And then we're going to go to you. So Ashkan, who else do we have calling in? Uh, sure, Michael. We have Mary from Louisiana. She's a veteran of both survivor of both Katrina and Hurricane Ida. And she has a message for the both of you in regards to preparation. Oh, Mary, Mary, thanks uh, for calling in uh, my hometown of, of Louisiana. And she's on the air now. Hey, Mary, this is Sure Michael. Hey, Sure Michael. I love your show, man. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much, uh, Mary. Should, should I call you Miss Mary, Mrs. Mary? I want to be correct. <laughs> My mother would yes, kill me. Mary. Okay, okay. Thank you, Mary. Yes, well, Mary. Well, you're on with Sure Michael and Eric, and I would love to hear what you have to say. And Eric, uh, you're spot on. Um, I was telling your producer that I, I, I work with veterans, and I've been calling since, what, April and May, and still making calls to hundreds of veterans um, for their preparedness. 
uh, for this hurricane season. And one thing that I do is not only, as Mr. Singleton said, um, and I think you brought up about the grandfather, but medication is yeah, so important. Mary. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so that was one of the main things, and also um, planning on okay, who do you have someone to if something happened to you, almost like a um you know, a directive, emergency directive. If something does happen to you, as we noticed in Hurricane Katrina, we lost so many people. Oh, God, yeah. And there was no contact. And you're right, we went weak. So it was a huge problem and devastation because you didn't have contact. And then you find out two months later or a month later that family members are deceased. That's you know? right, yep. Um, so there was no planning and no directives. So those are some of the things that I bring, you know, to the table with my family members and, um, you know, to the veterans that I serve. And I'm also a veteran myself. Thank you for your and service, Mary. And in, in, uh, experts like you, Mr. Singleton, in <laughs> <laughs> uh, weapons. Yes. Mary, so, Mary, let um, me ask you this question. Um, being yeah. from Louisiana, you know, uh, and I'm familiar with both of those hurricanes and geez, Katrina was just, oh boy. I mean, even bringing that up to my grandfather today, just, I mean, you know, just seeing dead bodies floating down the net. I mean, just God, Mary, just stuff that, you know, when you bring it up, he has a hard time still talking about it without getting emotional because it was so bad. Mary, what would you say to people? particularly people in our community who are listening to this show and are thinking, well, you know, this may not really happen uh, to me. Yeah, we may get bad rains and it may flood here and there, or maybe we get a tornado here and there, but nothing too bad. What would you say to those people with that mindset who are listening to the show based on your experiences going through two of the worst natural disasters our country has seen, I think in about 150 years? Yes, what I would say is it can happen to you. And as we see, look at the uh, northern um, northern parts of the United States, places like Vermont mm-hmm. and Nebraska, places that they never thought would be flooded. Connecticut, you know, look at what's happening now. And it's only getting worse. But I would say don't ever say that it can't happen. Get prepared. That's how I was taught in the military, growing up in New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know, poor neighborhood. We, we just, you brought up having money to make do. I mean, yes, we ate potatoes and rice almost, you know, several times a week. But you learn how to survive. So you better keep those uh, same lessons taught and take it from someone that has been through, you better get prepared and never say that it can't happen. What you guys are talking about is spot on because it will happen and you will experience it at some portion of your life or your kids or grandkids. So I teach my niece and nephews how to prepare Mm -hmm. just with the basic, you know, the basic things to survive. Where are you going to go? Whose house are you going to go to? Right. Or where, what are you going to eat? You know, what about water? You know, it, it's 
You know, how are you going to walk? What shoes are you going to wear? All that stuff is so important, and you don't know it until you've been through it because I'm still living with Katrina issues because of the nasty waters and, yeah, you know, what we have to go through and, you know, cuts and, and bruises. And, and you're right. Yes, we found boats, and we just took whatever boats or whatever yeah, we did. Yeah, to survive. To float on. Well, Mary, survive, so. I want to say, again, thank you for your service, and I, and I apologize for cutting you off. I just have to go to a break. Okay, um, you're welcome. I appreciate you for listening to the show, and by the way, we just launched a podcast, the Michael Singleton Show, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, so if you like the show, Mary, you can uh, go to your podcast download the show please give us five stars my fellow louisiana and i would appreciate it <laughs> thanks again mary this is sure michael sing with my guest eric blanford we'll be right back after this quick break My guest today is Eric Blanford. He operates the popular YouTube channel Iraq Veteran 8888, which has amassed nearly 2.8 million subscribers with over 750 million lifetime views. He's an Iraq combat veteran. His content focuses on education, safety, and preparedness. He's an expert on all of these things, including firearms, and he's joining us on the show uh, today. Eric, thanks so much for joining us, my friend. I'm glad you're here. Dude, we're jamming up in um, here. This is great. The callers are great, aren't they? Yeah, great loving, callers. Loving the show. So, uh, Sherry, George, I know you've been waiting for a long time. Thank you guys for listening to the show and just being so patient. I apologize. It's taking me so long to get to you. Uh, but, Sherry, you're on the Sure Michael Singleton Show with Sure Michael and Eric. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, no problem waiting. It's very interesting. I live in a coastal city here in Texas, mm-hmm. and I have experienced Harvey, which was devastating yep, to our was. coastal community mm-hmm. um, near Galveston. Um, we made the uh, CNN, and that's not ever good when you have to make CNN because of having uh, the torrential rains and floods and winds. And um, my dad had to be rescued in a dump oh, truck. Wow. Um, I had about 15 family members in my home. Uh, where I live, uh, we didn't lose water, so I was able to take in family members. Uh, but the preparedness, um, I knew the storm was coming. I kind of knew it was there. I got things ready. Um, having a plan, uh, I started buying um, air mattresses, uh, stocking up on water, uh, making sure the generator was good and ready to go. Um taking those family members in, having to just say, guys, it's time for you to get out. you got water rising. Um, after the aftermath of that, uh, looking at the devastation, there, were, there was so much water. We cut out. We gutted homes. Can't tell you how many homes I had to help gut out. Wow. Um, cutting out sheetrock, helping them get back in. Family members stayed probably a couple months, uh, navigating that, making sure everyone was um, getting uh, stuff to eat and making sure meds were okay. 
I was taking care of an elderly mother at the time. Um, yes, so having the plan, being ready, and then shortly thereafter, here in uh, Texas, we experienced the big freeze that no one was ready for. Yep. Um, but I was. I had stocked up on firewood. I have a fireplace. Um, it, it was just some experiences. So now I plan, I further plan ahead and just get more. But definitely living in coastal community, uh, you have to be ready. Um, trying to um, get a game plan. I heard you mention that you also have worked in HUD. Uh, we're trying to build some um, better housing. Yeah. Three mm-hmm. uh, D printed housing. My husband and I have undertaken that task of trying to get some print a three D printed housing. They don't flood. Uh, if they do flood, that you can easily get the water out. You don't have to cut out sheet rock yeah. and yeah, that's things right. of that nature. It's just more efficient. Yeah, more efficient uh, and greater sustainability as well, Sherry. Yes. Yes. So. That has really galvanized me moving forward in this space, space especially living in coastal communities. Well, and, Sherry, uh, looking at solar power, all of it. Yeah. Yes. Well, I want to say thank you so much for calling in uh, with what you guys have gone through and sort of your thought process of, okay, I'm in a coastal community. Uh, these are the things that we're thinking about. And hopefully, uh, that information will help other people listening to the show who may not have put together a plan to say, you know what, wait a minute here. Like you said, your dad had to be rescued. I have an elderly parent or relative. Uh, what do we need to do to make sure that if something goes wrong, we can reach them quickly or, or whatever the case may be. So I appreciate you uh, for sharing that. I'm very familiar with that Galveston area. I got some family members out there. So I'm familiar with, with, yeah. with those storms as well. And I'm, I'm thankful to God that you guys were, were all safe. And uh, continue to to be prepared, Sherry. Thanks for calling in. Go ahead, Eric. Great, Sherry. That that's some awesome preparation. I, I want to add a few things. You had mentioned that your water was still uh, running. That's awesome that you still have water. They do sell these uh these bladders that you can put in your tub and fill mm-hmm. up with water. So like maybe you know that some bad weather's coming in. Mm-hmm. May not be a bad idea to put those bladders in your tub and go ahead and fill them up with water. They mm-hmm. hold quite a bit. So that way you just have that little bit of extra contingency in case you need some clean water. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, when, when a hurricane comes through or some type of natural disaster, it can make the water undrinkable. They always have boil notices and things like that. So that's something to consider uh, for sure. The only other thing that I would add to what Sherry said is, obviously, if, if you can afford a good chainsaw, it's probably not a bad idea to keep a chainsaw, mm. you know, uh, lubricated up sure, ready to sure. go fueled up have for, some extra for, for trees or, yeah, or you never know else, if you right? need to clear some yeah. limbs or something yeah. so um man sherry she's uh she's on top sherry's of it. prepared eric she is. sherry is i'm not prepared. worried about sherry sherry's got it <laughs> under control yeah hey george you're on the sure michael singleton show with sure michael and eric thanks so much for waiting and thanks for calling in yes i'm gonna tell you something i'm not trying to i'm listening to you guys you know i've i've, I've been around a little bit i've seen the Hurricanes in um, Louisiana. I think I was in there in '74. I'm from Duke, Kentucky, and one I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. About four days ago, we had one of the worst uh, rains come down to Western Kentucky. Yeah, which is uh, the town. Remember Mayfield? A couple of years ago, it was a place over called Mayfield, Kentucky, where the whole town was wiped out by by, by a tornado. Wow. Well, but but one thing I know for for sure. My daddy worked in a cemetery well, 50 years down here, and, and his brother used to tell me one thing, that you can't prepare for mother. 
you know, you can't, I mean, you can prepare, but you're limited. So you can't, you can run, but you can't hide. From oh, that's a, true. A, Mother Nature is God. If it's God, if it's time for you to go, I've been in summer's worst. I've been in snowstorms, ice storms in Texas a couple of years ago. I've been through more. Uh, I just, I just had some, uh, uh, had something happened to me when I came down here from uh, uh, Texas about uh, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, some, uh, some things, uh, some spiritual things that happened to me. My car was, t- was, my car was a, a truck was picked up in the air and threw in the ditch. And I thought it was just a, when, but guess up, well, something happened, and it also it happened three times. But it was some things I didn't understand because I had had stuff happen to me from some been through a lot of things: winter, storms, snows, ice, everything. Minnesota, everywhere. Yeah. But you can't prepare. You can prepare, but you're limited. But if you scared, you can live and to live, and you live and to die, whether you like it or not. Because if it's time for you to go, and God uh, gets time for you to go, and people think right now what's happening, people all this stuff is happening right now. Ain't all about man's build. It's the signs what's happening to the people. Of course, you, well, you're Mr. Not, George, uh, you definitely you're not good to God. You definitely you're raised, only God. You definitely. That's all I gotta say. Thank you so Jesus much, Mr. George. We appreciate you for calling, and I, I think, Eric, you know, Mr. George raises a, a different side of the conversation. Um, Mr. George is talking about the spirituality side of things. Because um, I, I know, you know, you're, you're solid in your faith. Talk a little bit about that, Eric. You know, because human beings, we do believe. Um, we do wonder. We do question. How does that tie into preparation, if you will? I think that I try to view it with a relative degree of uh, being stoic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand what's within my control, That's and right. I also understand what's not within my control. And mm-hmm. I don't stress or fret over the things I can't control. Mm-hmm. If Mother Nature deems it's necessary to send a giant, you know, log down on my house and I die, well, well, then that that's something that, you know, no matter what amount of preparation, if it's my time, it's my time. And I, I can understand where he's coming from that— you know, you, you live a, a long life full of many trials and tribulations, and uh, eventually you feel like, wow, I've been so much, through so much crazy stuff in my life. Well, eventually my, my card's going to get punched. So I think what he's trying to say is understand that sometimes there are things that are out of our control, and, and we can control what we want to control as best of our ability, mm-hmm. but to also understand that if it's our time, it's our time. If it's in God's hands, it's in God's hands. Who operates the popular YouTube channel Iraq Veteran 8888? Uh, he has amassed nearly 3 million subscribers with over 750 million lifetime views, nearly a billion views. His content focuses on education, safety, and preparedness. He's also a firearms expert. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, the phone lines are open. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your questions on preparedness, or maybe you have experienced a disaster and you want to share that story with people who may be listening. Uh, give us a call. I'd love to bring you on. Um, Eric, we've had some really, really great callers. And what I am really, ex- I, I guess, calmed by and, and I find comfort in knowing that people are thinking about this, Eric. People are thinking about this. And not only are they thinking about it, they're actually preparing this. I, I was looking at this one uh, statistics from Forbes, and uh, Forbes wrote over 40% of homeowners are concerned that weather events such as wind, rain, ice, hail, 
or flooding could potentially damage their home in the next three months. And when you think about that statistic, and I listen to the people that have called into the show uh, so far, it seems people are cognizant of this stuff, and they are taking the steps to prepare. Experience is always going to be our greatest teacher. So no matter what, what happens in life, you know, once we, we, we deal with so many trials and tribulations, eventually you have to go, wow, you know, we need to be ready for anything. And mm-hmm. I think that comes with age, it comes with time, it comes with experience. Uh, but because of the free flow of information that we have at our fingertips, I mean, social media, you know, think about it. Think about how fast a story breaks on social media. Oh, you it's know, quick. The word gets out, and mm-hmm. now you know a common person is famous overnight because of social media. The same can be said about a bad situation, something unfolding. You know, that's a that's one of the benefits of social media is that you can quickly become informed about what's going on, and you can really you know dial in like, wow, this is happening, and we need to be ready. Um, it can have an adverse effect as well. You know, people can drum up a, fe- a bunch of fear and cause you know. Like we were talking about the toilet paper issue. Remember mm-hmm, when, when mm-hmm. toilet paper was hard to buy? And you're yeah. thinking, out of all the things in the store, toilet paper? Toilet paper. I mean, you never know. Um, let's go to Michael out of New York. Michael, you're on the Sure Michael Singleton Show. Uh, thanks so much for calling in. Hello, gentlemen. Glad to uh, join you. I got to add to the conversation. Yeah, go ahead, that, Michael. You know, for, for those that watch television. Hey, Michael, really and quickly, before you go, we got three minutes. So I'm going to give you two of the three minutes. Go ahead, my brother. So it's very important also to protect yourselves and not fall for the false propaganda that's spoken by some people, like a certain person that always kept saying it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a democratic hoax when it came to COVID, when it came to some of the natural disasters. You know, they speak falsehoods and then people fall for it, and then that's when you're getting hurt and so forth. You know, when it came to snowstorms here in New York City, um, there was one year in which the city was not prepared, mm-hmm. and the mayor said, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, but certainly did not follow his advice, his own advice, and then the city was paralyzed for like six hours because wow. he didn't have sanitation crew out plowing and salting. That was a major mess. So people got to really, you know, use common sense here and know if things are about to get bad, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and be consistent. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man, for calling in out of New York. Um, that, that's a good point, Eric, because we got about a minute and a half left. But if you can quickly, some people just rely on their local county, municipality or city. The city will clean up this. We'll be OK. The city will. will. What do, do you say? Trust the city and, and not entrust it that they're going to do their job. I believe that people who work for the city, they work hard. But I'm saying, should that just be your only outlet, if you will? I would probably recommend that any advice you get from the authorities should just be part of a multifaceted, you know, information gathering plan, right? So, like, yes, listen to the authorities, obviously, but also listen to your instincts. You know, if it feels right, it's right. If it, you know, you you always know when something doesn't feel right when it when it's not not meshing right. So, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, you you want to. You want to definitely consider that. No, that makes perfect sense. Well, Eric Blanford, we appreciate you for coming on the Sure Michael Singleton Show.